0: Sunday, we'll do the last one, but we're in Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12, same two verses, verse 29 and verse number 30, and we've already dealt with the first two areas. The Bible says that we are to love the Lord with all, with all what? Well, he gives in Mark chapter 12, he gives four areas in which we are to love the Lord with all. And may I say, we'll look and we we'll see in a minute, but uh you go back to Deuteronomy, and the same statement is made almost verbatim, except for there is a piece missing from the statement made in the book of Deuteronomy to the statement that Christ Himself makes here in Mark. Uh so Mark Mark 12, let me, let me read this. And um and verse number 29 and 30. Let me read these two verses. And then we'll pray and we'll jump into the third of the four areas which we're to love God with all um, in our life. And so uh, verse number 29 of Mark 12 says this, and Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And with all thy mind and with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. And uh, let let me stop right there. I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to jump in to looking at that third one, with all thy mind. You find that in Mark 12, but you don't find that one in Deuteronomy when it was first given uh, there with the law. You don't really find Uh, The the mind mentioned, I'm going to explain a little bit about that this morning as we look at the importance of loving God with all my mind. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. In fact, you've given us another day, a beautiful day, to be able to come together in your house. I pray that you'd help us as we examine this third part of what was mentioned in your word by Christ himself as he taught and focused on the greatest, first and greatest commandment that uh, really does fix all the issues within my life if I can adhere to what this teaches. We are to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Would you help us to understand this and make it personal this morning? We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. And so we, we've looked already at the first two, I should love the Lord with all thy heart. That is the way, if you, if you want to break it down a little bit to a degree, that is, that is the area of your feelings. <laughs> that is the, how, you, how you feel about things. Well, um, if you love the Lord with all of your heart, that part of you that produces your feelings, it will keep your feelings in check. That's pretty simple. And you love the Lord with all your soul. Your soul is, that is the eternal part of you. That is the the being that you are. What God created, he created man. He breathed into man the soul of man, the breath of life. But you are an eternal being because of the soul that God gave man. We talked about it last Sunday. That makes man unique from any other creation any other creature that God created, man has a, an eternal soul, and that soul is the, the real you. That is the you that determines, will I follow and accept Christ as my Savior? Will I follow God? And, and what, what is my choice on this earth that determines my eternal destination and so the soul i'm to love the lord with all my heart emotions i'm to love the lord with all my soul that is who i am that is the eternal me i'm to give god my everything but then um we're now looking at the mind the mind is probably one of the most dangerous areas of man would y'all agree um we we come up with some of the dumbest ideas um, as a matter of fact, the Bible talks about the time frame that, that we're, we find ourselves in. Uh, when men were professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Well, what happens? Man gets into his mind, and man in his own mind becomes highly intelligent. And, you know, we, we are, I mean, we, when you talk to most scholars, say scholars, worldly scholars, when you talk to most, most high intellectuals of today, they will tell you that we are uh, smarter today than man has ever been. Now, we can't figure out what bathroom to use. Uh, you know, we, we can't figure out what I am. I, I know, as I mentioned, I, I, I hit it on it last time. We can't figure out whether we're, you know, animal or man. We've got a lot of other issues we have as well. Um, but when it comes, I mean, put it this way, We can't even figure out, man as a whole can't even figure out that there is a God. There's so much evidence out there, but yet they want to reject it. Now, that's willful rejection. It's not that they don't know that that there's a God. They just don't want to accept that there is a God, because if there is one, then you have to figure out what he said, and if you figure out what he said, it goes against the way I'm living, and I just go ahead and decide he doesn't exist, but... Man, today, the intellectuals today will say that we are, and I've, I've watched some stuff and seen them say it. it's laughable to a degree. You know, we, we have never been more intelligent. Look at all of the technology we had today. Yes, and they've also unearthed... Um, um, uh, Materials and uh, or should I should say unearthed um, building materials and uh, hammers and stuff where two metal compounds were actually fused together in a way that today we can't figure out how they did it because with all of our technology and all of our machines, they can't fuse those metals together. How did they do it? Aliens told them how. So again, it, man, man always has to go to an extreme craziness to try to make sense out of... What is pretty easy to understand, we have been dying since day one, since sin entered into the the world. Mankind has been decaying, and the ideas and the minds of mankind have been decaying. We are not nearly as smart as Adam. Say, prove it. Simple. He named every single animal. We can't remember a portion of them. What was that again? What what, what do they call that one? Adam would have said, Well, duh, it's this. You know, I named it. But here's the thing We, we think we're so intelligent. We 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 get into our minds, and here's where man gets in trouble. They get into the mind and they begin to rationalize all that we see and all that we think in the mind, and man goes basically to a graveyard for God. They try to bury him in rationality and man's understanding, which is why the mind is very important. For the children of Israel, they were already commanded that, that they were to love the Lord their God. And, and I'm, I'm going to get to that uh, in in just a moment, but may I remind you, what, what is love uh, in, in essence with uh, with the mind and, and all, well, let, let me go. Go with me if you would to Galatians uh, chapter five. If you got your Bible, I'm going to get you to turn to a couple places with me, uh, just to keep you awake. All right. So Galatians chapter five, and as you're turning there, I want you to understand. I want you to realize the mind is the seat of your beliefs. Uh, it is the place where you and I decide what we will have faith in. You, you understand, people say, well, I, I don't believe in all that faith stuff. Oh, yes, you do. Everything in life requires a measure of faith. Uh, you you get, get up in the morning, you go in uh, to your, you, you go outside, you get in your car, you put the key, if you have a key anymore, or make, some of you don't, just have to press a button. Uh, but regardless, let's, let's say you got one of them fancy ones. You got the key in your pocket, you press the button, all right? And so you go over there and you go to press the button and you press the button and you fully believe that your car, you expect it to start. Why? Well, it did yesterday. It did the day before. When I parked it, it was running just fine. And so I get out, I get dressed. I don't dress in grungy clothes so I can go change the battery or I can fix something because I think it's broken. I have faith that when I get up and I go out and I sit in my car, I press the button. It's gonna start right up. That is a an evidence of faith. I have faith, I have belief in my car starting. Um, y'all are sitting in chairs right now. If you didn't have any faith in that chair, you wouldn't have sat in it i can I can go get you a couple of chairs that we have that um I can put out, and now all the evidence of it, I mean, as a whole, it's a it's a complete chair. It's not missing a seat. It's not missing a back or anything, but I can put it there, and I can lay it out, and you'll look and say, I ain't sitting in that. Why? It's all there. I'm tell- I ain't sitting in that. Well, why not? Well, number one, the seat has a, a really, really large crack going right across the middle of it, and it looks like it goes all the way through. It just hasn't fallen in yet. Don't worry, that, that wood right there is as strong as the day I put it, there. Don't, don't worry, mm-mm, I ain't sitting in that seat. Why? There's no faith in it. And so therefore, you say, you say oh, preacher, that, that, is so, that, is, that is so childish and simple. Well, honestly, the, 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 the simplest of things are easy to believe for children, hard to believe for those of us that get into our heads and we start messing with it And we start struggling with belief and with faith because we start focusing on the wrong things. So we're to love the Lord with all our mind. It is the seed of our beliefs. But without complete love, belief that produces faith is truly empty. Where 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 is my love set? Okay, my mind helped produce my beliefs. But if it's not fueled by the love of God, the love of, the love for God, if my mind that produces what I believe in and where my faith is going to be in this life and for eternity, if it's not fueled by the fact that I love God, it's going to be empty. And therefore, by natural standing with mankind, if it's not fueled by the love for God, Then my mind will teach me to love myself, and my mind will teach me to have faith in me. That is called humanism. Without God, man trusts in man. So there has to be the love of God. Galatians 5, uh, verse 5 through 7 uh, says this, for we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uh, uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did, he said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? What, what was happening here? He's telling those at Galatia, you, you heard truth, you saw truth, but here's the problem you began to turn back and you went into your mind of reason and you went into your mind of things you used to know and you began to take your mind and you forgot the love of God, the love for God and you began to reason within yourself removing how much you love God from the equation and why you should love God from the equation and now it's all about trying to reason how we live this life and understand this life and what I'm going to plan place my faith in to please God without considering the fact that I've stopped loving him for who he is. So my mind, he's telling the Galatians, your mind is now going back to man's works and actions that avail you nothing and you've left the love for God behind, much like in Revelation, you see the accusation that thou hast left thy first love. You stopped loving God as you were to love God and therefore your mind is now leading you back to the works of man to trust in man and not trust in God. Faith will always end up going into the carnal if the love for God is not the fuel for our faith. Love is the engine in the automobile of faith. Love is the workman in the industry of faith. Love is the heart in the body of faith. And therefore, we are to love God with all our mind. A person who has difficulty trusting God, get this, a person who has difficulty trusting God or believing what he has said in his word has ultimately a love problem. If I love God, The way I should love him for who he is, not just for what he does, but for who he is. And the fact that I know that he first loved me, there comes the knowledge, (laughs) I know that he first loved me, therefore I love him. My love for him will cause me to desire his word. My love for him will cause me to want to not only read, but will predetermine in my mind and then, of course, in my heart that I will believe and follow. Why? Why would you want to believe in someone you don't love? I mean, you you can believe things about somebody, but when you get to know somebody personally, and very in the word is not a bad word we shy away from it a lot of times, but it 's not a a, a a nasty word but the the word intimately intimately just means in every single aspect you possibly as close as you can possibly be. You love God and you want to grow closer to him. And therefore, in my mind, I come to a conclusion that the one which I love and the one which I would desire to grow close to is the one that I desire to listen to and follow that which he has given me to understand. So therefore, my mind, because I love him, my mind leads me to place my faith in him. And so let me just give you these three things concerning what love uh, in the sense of with the mind helps us to do with our beliefs, okay? The love for God with all my mind, number one, that love with my mind makes belief personal. It makes it personal. It's not just, well, God so loved the world. No, my love for God With all my mind, makes it he loves me. Does he love the entire world? Yes, he does. But the reality that he loves me becomes real when I love God with all my mind. This is why God brought love into the picture as a whole um, of keeping his commandments. When we look in, in Deuteronomy Uh, chapter 6 verse number 5 here's what it says and thou shalt love the lord with thy god with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might now there's only three right there thy thy heart thy soul and thy might well that equals the heart the soul and then the strength that we haven't gotten to yet mentioned in mark 12 so why is the mind not mentioned there in deuteronomy well As you you notice there the, the difference, understand the children of Israel had proven by their actions that though they had seen God's mighty works, they still did not believe him. They saw the Red Sea and they walked across on dry ground. It didn't take but a little bit longer and they were at the waters of Mara griping and complaining. They come across Jordan they even see victory over Jericho. And the very next thing, they leave God behind and go do it their own way. Didn't even, didn't even approach God to find out whether or not they should go against AI. They just saw this little bitty town, and man, we just we just took down Jericho. They did nothing. They walked. They did it seven days, and on the seventh day, they walked seven times around, and then they just shouted. They didn't raise a sword. They, 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 they didn't fight hand-to-hand combat. They did nothing. They shouted, the walls fell down. The city was conquered. God said, that is my city. That is my reward. But first fruits, first city, first battle. By the way, all the reward comes to me. First is mine. The rest will be yours. But this one's going to be on me. I'm going to take care of this one. And after it was all said and done, the children of Israel are like, wow, look what we did. And they don't even approach and ask God, should we go to the next city or what, which one should it be? How should we proceed? They just went on their confidence of how great, woo, big victory. All right, let's just go ahead and jump out there without asking God this time. How'd that go? Y'all, if y'all recall the story, uh, they, they got chased away by a much more inferior army. They, they ran and fled, and people died. Soldiers died of the children of Israel. Husbands were lost. Brothers were lost. Dads were lost. You have, you have all these individuals now that are dead, and there's mourning and wailing and crying, and Joshua comes, oh, he's crying, I oh, don't know what's going on. And God says, "Why?" get up. Joshua's pleading before God on his face, boohoo, and basically uh, paraphrasing. God says, get up. There's sin in the camp. That's why you have the results that you have, because you, you didn't come to me. You didn't ask me. You went on your own mind, your own will, your own way, your own strength, and this is what happens. I warned you about this. Get up, let's take care of the problem, and then we can restart with the right focus. Oh, what happened? When, they, when they're facing Jericho and they're facing getting across, all of a sudden here they are and, and, and they're trusting in God. They're waiting on him. They're, they're needing him to intervene. Then after the big battles, all of a sudden, oh, we got this now. We'll just take over for ourselves. Their mind was not stayed on him. It was not set on him. May I say the children of Israel constantly had the problem. And I'm trying to tear them down because uh, we resemble them way too much. The children of Israel constantly had the problem of trusting in God when it was over my head and then again trusting in myself when I think I can handle it. Relying on God when it's bigger than I can possibly handle and then take it over and saying I got this with no problem. Just totally forgetting God whenever it's a small little matter. The Bible teaches us that we are to place all our trust and all our faith in Him, and according to Mark twelve, uh, Christ Himself brought in and said, "You're to love the Lord with all your mind." They 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 saw, they experienced, but the children of Israel had a history of not letting it sink into a love of God in their mind, where it established where their faith would be planted. And that's why it wavered back and forth on themselves, on God, on themselves, on God, on themselves, on God. And then when God didn't, when God allowed consequences to fall, God, why did you do this to us? And, and listen, is that not us today? We, we fail to keep our minds stayed or or on on the Lord we fail to come to him for all things we we take things in our own hands and when we make a mess of it it somehow is God's fault for allowing it that that is mankind it's been the history of mankind since sin has come into the picture that's why it's important that we stay our minds on him Uh, first Peter 1 8 Tells us, you may we we in in this day and age uh, understand we don't get to see the things they saw back then, but we do still get to see God work. And, and the Bible tells us in one Peter one eight, uh, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Listen, how is it that we can believe in what we have not seen? Anybody here ever witnessed Jesus on the cross? Anybody here ever see him put in the tomb? Was anybody here uh, around the time when he actually arose and for 40 days revealed himself to those that followed him to let them know, I am alive, I'm no longer dead? Was anybody around to see that personally? Everything we have is by faith. Now, are there archaeological digs and is there stuff that man has? pulled up that has over and over and over and over and over again trying to discredit the Bible ends up actually proving it true? Yes. Nonstop, God's word is proven true, proven true, proven true. But when it comes to the child of God today, every single one of us live by faith. The Bible says that we we walk by faith, not by sight which means that the mind of the believer, the mind has to be set. It has to be focused. And if I love him the way I should love him, then my mind is going to be stayed on him and it's going to be stuck on him. And by the way, my faith is going to be a result of where my mind is put. I am to love the Lord with all my mind why because it is the seat of my beliefs people say well i'm really struggling right now with whether or not there even is a god i believed my whole life i've been raised with it i believed i said i I said i believe but i'm really struggling now where does it come from where does that struggle come from well it doesn't come from god we know that it comes from the enemy how does it get Uh, uh, infiltrated into the life of one that said they believe there is God they trust in him they place their whole life on, on on who he is and and what he has done for them and then later on they they hit turmoil they hit hardship they hit crazy things in life and next thing you know they're doubting and questioning whether or not God even exists how does that happen? Because the infiltration into the mind that is not stayed on the Lord, that infiltration in begins to produce doubt and their faith that is established through the mind, the faith, the belief of who God is, what He has said. By the way, some people will say, well, I haven't read my Bible forever because I really just don't want to read it. Well, I don't go to church. Let me go ahead and just nail this one down, all right? And I'm going to move on. We're going to give these last two. Let me just nail this down just because it needs to be said on a regular basis. People say, well, I don't go to church. There's too many hypocrites. Or I don't, I don't go to church. I don't, I don't need to be around all, all, all them people there. Me and God have, a, have an understanding, I love that one. I really want to be around when you try to use that one on God Himself. But but here's the thing, and I'm not trying to be facetious. But man in, in our minds, man can get very bold, emboldened by rebellion. But where where does it all come from? Well, I don't I don't read that. I don't read that Bible. It's got some things in there I just you know I think is very hateful towards certain individuals. You don't read the Bible. You don't want to be around God's people. You don't go to church. May I say. If you love him. And your love for him. According to the mind. You love him with all your mind. Then your belief is set on what he teaches. And your faith. Is anchored in him and his word. By the way, there will be an evidence of the fact that if I love him, I love those things that are about him. Now, if I don't love anything about I oh yeah, I love God, I just don't love people in church. Well, I like by the way, go to first John and see what John said about that. It, it, you say you love God, but you hate your brother, you're a liar, and the truth is not in you. I didn't say it, it's in the Bible. here's the thing we say oh i love god but i i I don't really read that bible i'm not really big on that oh i love god but i I don't really i don't i don't i don't gather with god's people and do much i got my own friends from work and all these other places i'm too busy to gather with god's people they're 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 all you know goody goodies anyways Uh, uh well i love god but i don't this i love god but i don't listen if we love god but you do nothing that pertains to him you don't love god If we love him with all of our mind, then my my faith is in him. My beliefs are in his word. What he said, I will follow. Where he commands, I will go. I love him. Therefore, everything in my mind is about, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? If I love him with all my mind. Uh, So love becomes personal When, when we have faith and we understand it with the mind, it becomes personal. Love in this way also, uh, very quickly, love makes belief practical. When our love for God and our belief in God is intertwined, they, are, they create a practical obedience of faith. That's what we're getting at in the statements I made just a moment ago. First uh, John 5.3 uh, says, uh, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. When I love him, I don't read this and say, well, that's just asking too much. If I truly love God, he can't ask too much of me. And by the way, that is predetermined here, which will affect here, and vice versa. The heart and the mind work together against us sometimes, don't they? But the heart and the mind can also work together for the glory of God. If I love God, his commandments, what He teaches, boy, I can't get enough. It's not about well, I, gracious, I just I can't take any more of it. No, no, no. If I truly love Him, I can't get enough. I want to grow. I want to learn. I, boy, just keep it coming. By the way, you see that in in many times, brand new Christians. Who have lived a life? Maybe as an adult, they live, all the way into adulthood, they live a life, and and they've made decisions, they've done their way, they've made messes of things, and they've been struggling. Then all of a sudden, they realize and, and they accept. What Christ has done for them, they receive Christ as their Savior. The Lord changes their heart and their life. What they used to love, they no longer love. And for, for some reason, I don't know, I just really don't want to do that stuff anymore. And for some reason, it just bothers me. when I do, It's called conviction. It's called the Holy Spirit doing a work in their heart. But, but that which they used to love, they hate. And that which they used to hate, now they all of a sudden love. I can't stand church. I, I want to go every single day now. I couldn't stand preachers. I've heard this all the time. I can't stand preachers. Turn around, they, they receive Christ as their Savior, and they're like, man. Do you know of any other meetings going on this week? I want to go to every single one I can be at. I want preaching, 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 preaching. I can't get enough. I can't keep it all in my head, but keep on, keep it coming, keep it coming. You see that in a young creature. One one person said, and This is sad, years ago. My dad's told the story many times, but um one, one person. Had this, this individual uh, that was in church and he had just gotten saved and he was all excited. Boy, I mean, he's like, yes, yes, amen, yes. And he's all excited. Boy, he wants to come on a visitation. He wants to be at everything. What's the church doing? I want to be a part of it. I mean, he couldn't get enough of anything. He wanted more preaching, more preaching, more preaching, longer preaching. Go figure. But he wanted more and more and more and more. And, and, and some of the older folks were talking about it in the foyer um, after church. As they were going out about, about this individual boy, he Tell you what, he just he's worked up all the time. He's wearing me out just watching him. And this one older individual comes by and says, Don't worry, he'll get over it. Preacher said, Well, I hope not. Because that's a problem. We get over it too fast. Why? Because our minds get to the point where we don't actually, we're not stayed on him. We're not, we're not hungering after the knowledge of God and, and what we need to know and follow. We Just give me enough to get by for the week. That's what this is for. And then we'll, we'll, we'll do it again next time. But and I'm not trying to be ugly or down on us, but that is the natural tendency of man. When we love God as we should, it just makes sense to believe him in our faith. Belief becomes practical. We believe him and it just makes sense to serve him because if he he died for me, at least I I could do is live for him. Believing uh, what we believe and doing what we do may seem grievous uh, to a lost world, but that's because they don't love God. They don't know God. They say, what you do makes no sense. What a waste of time. Not for the child of God. If you love God, it just makes sense to believe in him and believe on him for everything. You just simply believe him. I'm not gonna go over there, but you could go over to Psalm 119, 127, and 128. I'm not gonna read it for sake of time. But uh, the psalmist even focusing on uh, the, the belief, we set our beliefs on him. It makes, it makes it practical. When my mind is stayed on him, belief becomes practical in him. It's just an automatic conclusion of what I should do. Then, lastly, uh, love, the love of God in my mind, the way it ought to be, makes belief profitable for me. And not in the carnal sense but it is profitable Hebrews 13:17 does say this I read it in, in our Sunday school class as well but it says obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give a, give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you so uh, if people have to actually if if leaders have to lead uh, over individuals that give them nothing but grief it's unprofitable not for the leader. It's unprofitable for the follower. That's what the Bible's teaching. It's unprofitable. So let me think about this. If we look at God and we say following him is, you know, <laughs> my life, I'm going to give my heavenly father grief. I am to follow him. There's, what ultimate leader is there beyond God? What ultimate authority is there beyond God? And if I'm going to obey authority, and when I, when I do not follow authority, and I, and I cause problems in, in my fellowship, it cause, causes grief for the one leading, and it causes it to be unprofitable for the one following. May I say the same thing is true when it comes to my walk with God. He is the one leading. I am the one following. When I uh, am struggling in my fellowship of the one who's leading my life, uh, it grieves the heart of God when his child is not following and trusting in him and letting him guide them it does grieve the spirit of God in our life and we can resist the work of God as a child about in our life if we're not careful but not only does it grieve a, a, a loving heavenly father who's trying to help his children if you are a child of God you're saved he's trying to help us as we go through this life to have the head knowledge of what is right right so we can place our faith and trust in him beyond salvation i can place my faith in him for every single day how can i do that so confidently because i love him with everything with all my mind there's no one else i can turn to how do you know that i just know it by faith in my mind and in my heart it's set he's the only one i can turn to but when i failed when i failed to follow it grieves the Father, but by the way, the unprofitableness is for me as the follower when I fail to follow the one who's in control. There is no greater ruler but God Himself, as we said. Jesus said, If ye love me, keep my commandments. I love God. I just don't do half of what He said to do, but I love Him. Well, according to the Bible, I don't actually love Him. Last, and I'm done could we not ultimately conclude then for our beliefs to be profitable, there must be unconditional love for God which leads to total faith in God which ends in complete obedience to God. Let me say it again. Loving him with the mind. There must be unconditional love for God which leads to total faith in God. Where does my faith come from? What I believe in. Where does my belief come from? My mind. Which ends in complete obedience. There's the reaction to my faith. Complete obedience to God. A Christian life lived, I mean, a quote unquote Christian life lived in nothing more than compliance. And that's where a lot of people are. They just comply to what they're told the Bible says to do. But a, a quote-unquote Christian life lived in quote-unquote compliance without complete love will always feel insufficient and empty. Well, I comply? It's not about compliance. It's about love. Do I love God with all my mind? If I love him with all my mind, then what he teaches me gets applied ultimately if i resist that which he is trying to teach me in love and i do not comply i I do not uh, obey with the heart with the soul with the mind it is unprofitable for me all that knowledge and use don't don't use it because i love him My failure of love for God will always end up being an unprofitable situation. You say, what, um," and I'm not going to go there, but you say, preacher, so what what kind of things am I supposed to think on? I don't know. The Bible says something about think on these things, doesn't it? Philippians 4, 8. You say, what does it say? Look it up. Not going to go there, not going to say it. The Bible says, the Bible gives us a list of things to think on. Where God says, this is an approvable list from God. You want to know what to set your mind on on a daily basis? Read Philippians 4.8. And when I set my mind on those things which God has given me to set my mind on because I love him, I will have my faith in him, and I will follow him, not in compliance, but in desired obedience, because he's worthy. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this morning. We thank you for...